out. Somebody's recruiting and only top specialists. I'm interested. I'll take a cut. Come we in. I'm making inquiries into a robbery. Got a warrant, Inspector. I wish you'd talk to my husband. We'd like to. Do you know where he is? You tell me what the gun's for. And I'll come back to bed. What? I'm sorry, love. You'll have to get yourself home again. So what makes you so different from any other man I might want to go to bed with? There's no such thing as a perfect crime. They're wrong. They're ten million dollars wrong. Transmission will start in five seconds from now. Five, four, three, two, one. And welcome to Waffle On Podcast. My name is Simon Meddings. And I'm MC Kelly. And uh, how are you? You all right? I'm all right. I'm not as knackered as you. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, we have, to, we have done the standard classic, uh, yeah. leaving it leaving it to the end of the week to record. Well, it's not even the end of the week. It's the middle of the week and we're knackered. <laughs> uh, you know, after the, uh, which was like tangentially linked, after the big night out incident, <laughs> said we'd never, ever do it again on the first <laughs> No, what we do, do you know the Wednesday, which is... Yeah, yeah, yeah but we usually wouldn't do it now, it's just it's been one of them weird weeks, and it with things going on with the football and... Oh, yeah, well, the World Cup's on, so we'll have to do this over Skype, um, because that's unfortunately the way that is, and hopefully, hopefully we'll work, we'll we'll be doing our Christmas episode uh, together. Now, Kel, I, I'm going to let you take over here. What are we doing for our Christmas episode? Now, this is one for... this. I'd say this is a very personal one for me and you, isn't it? Absolutely. We are doing a Vic and Bob special. Yeah, and uh, anyone who outside of there, that's Vic Reeves and Bob Mortimer. Now, we, uh, ironically, we did actually do this episode nine years nine years ago, and we dumped it, didn't we? I've still got it, actually. I've still got it on file. Because we couldn't remember any of the anything. Like, was a... back, what's on the end? Of... I couldn't remember what it was. <laughs> Because <laughs> we're too tired, weren't we? It was a Thursday recording, and <laughs> I remember coming home saying to you, saying, "We can't use that. That was awful." <laughs> They again, we are quite critical of ourselves, so it was probably perfectly fine. But I, I, I haven't never, I've never gone back to listen to it after I first did the edit, and it was like well, it's worked out uh, well because we can do like a not a specific Vic and Bob, is it? It's like a general Vic and Bob. Yeah, it's going to be a general thing from where we first first got into Vic Reeves and uh, Big Night Out, and then the transfer to BBC, and then 
all that kind of stuff. So that's going to be our Christmas episode. Um, okay, some people might say it's not Christmassy, but we like we like fun and laughter at Christmas, uh, as long as miserable weather. So uh, that's what we're going to do. So, Kel, what are we talking about today? We are doing a brilliant film called Robbery. That's it. Not the robbery, but no, robbery. No. <laughs> and come on, what do we always do before we talk about it? Play some form of theme tune. Music there by Johnny Keating. I've actually had to take the music from the, the the actual film, from the title of the film when it starts up, because I couldn't really find the soundtrack properly. There is a single with a woman singing over it, which I think is the end credits. Um, but oh, by the way, do you want to borrow my my special edition version, or do you want to I leave do. it to? Because I want oh, okay. no, I do because I want to see that Stanley Baker stuff in there. Because my bit yeah. of yeah, I'm on a Stanley Baker bent at the moment. So uh, Stanley Baker bent. Yeah, <laughs> but I noticed on YouTube when I was getting the, uh, the the music for this that there's an interview with him, and I can't believe I didn't use it. But he's talking about doing a fight scene. Uh, it's 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 recorded during Hell Drivers, and yeah. he's talking about a fight scene with Patrick McGowan. Oh, uh-huh. yeah, uh, I think Stanley Baker did like a fight, didn't he? Well, he's <clears throat> yeah, he's a welcome. <laughs> <laughs> he was a drinker and a fighter, weren't he? A drinker, fighter, a big smoker. Don't want to be died of lung cancer at such a bloody young age. Yeah. Uh, so before we crack on, I just want to do a bit of a shout out to one of one of our waffle arm friends, uh, Mark Bennett, who uh, me and Cal met uh, during the CovCon. Um, he owns a, a comic store down in uh, Portsmouth Way. Well, him and his partner Sophia Playdell have now opened a new store, and it's called So Fifties Retro. And the Vanguard Comics. So if anyone's down in Gosport, you can find them on 143 Stoke Road. Um, he hasn't asked me to sh- give him a shout out, but I just think yeah. it's such an important thing about independent business, especially with comic stores and, and retro stores. So uh, help a friend out. So if you are down in Gosport, 
go and check him out and you couldn't find it on facebook everything like that so uh maybe we we, we ought to do a, a pilgrimage down to um gospel. oh yeah yeah I've, 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 have you been there before gospel yeah because uh we go you to... have haven't you because you were telling me about it weren't you yeah no i've been to about four times four or five times because natalie went to uh portsmouth university yeah and uh and so i've been to quite a bit right now i, I so love how far portsmouth. away because i've been to portsmouth i love portsmouth how far is gospel from portsmouth is you it like been... Solihull and Birmingham? Uh, oh no, you you've been up to up the tower, living in Spinnaker Tower. No. Oh, you've not been up Spinnaker Tower. Is that because you're scared of heights? Why not? Yeah. Emma would go up there. I ain't. It's not because I vertigo. I told you up Notre Dame. <laughs> it's the worst, most humiliating experience of my life. Did you, you burn it down? Or your wife. <laughs> <laughs> so got, I just don't got... even put myself in that situation anymore. <laughs> well, they got one of those glass floors as well. No. Oh, you can say no. <laughs> I get it. Oh, okay. No, it's so... all right when I was younger. As I've got older, don't you find as you get older, your fears that you have become a lot more intense as you get older because... Your mortality's a lot nearer, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, oh, no, no, there's there's quite a few things now. It's like, I had to jump off a pallet earlier on. <laughs> I panicked to doing that, which is bad. But you know you know the um, the Naval Museum? Oh, yeah, my favourite oh, place. No, I'll tell you where it is. You know the submarine? Yeah. That's Gosport. Is it? Yeah. Oh, so it's just like part of... It's just, it is, it's just on the, the outside of it. Oh, so right, yeah, 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 that's yeah, right. So. so there you go. So, anyway, <clears throat> let's talk about this, uh, this brilliant film, Wobbly, which... I hadn't seen, which I thought I had seen it. It went to YouTube and it says, you've got to check this film out. So oh. I went to uh, a network and uh, oh, actually I went to Amazon and bought Network's release of it, which is honestly such a, a beautiful transfer. It's so good. It's unbelievable. But uh, it's directed by P.T. Yates, who, of course, because of his uh, um, directing of the car chase at the beginning, got him the job on Bullet. Well, that's what well, that, that's the weird thing with this film, because... I was listening to a Tarantino podcast talking about his favourite British films. And then he was talking a bit about Stanley Baker, how he really liked Stanley Baker. And I thought, oh, yeah, I love Stanley Baker. Then he said, oh, if any Stanley Baker fans out there, you need to watch Robbery. And I was thinking, Robbery? Because then I thought, there's a there's a film with Sean Connery called The Robbery, I think, isn't there? I think uh, is. No, that's the first great train robbery. Though. That's it, that's it. So I thought he was about that. And I thought, Stanley Baker's not there. And I found this film, and then it was on, talking pictures. And I thought, oh. I'll just put this on. It'll be like, uh, you know, just a, something you can, uh, on in the background when you're on your phone. Mm, you know, them yeah. kind of films. Those kind of films, yeah. But then it come on, and within like 30 seconds, you thought, this phone's going down. <laughs> it's just that first bloody car chase. You don't see car chases like that in British films, do you? That's oh, what no. I thought was different about it. Well, it was. It, I mean, it's. I mean, we'll get into that when we we, we, we after we go through this. But no, it, it's it's certainly a it grabs you straight away. That's without a shadow of a doubt. It really does. Um, interesting. It's written by Edward Boyd, Peter Yates, and George Markstein. Now, George Markstein, he wrote a book called um, The Cooler, um, which is where the prisoner, uh, the idea of the prisoner, comes from. The Cooler was a. Uh, the secret places they took all spies oh, right, and yeah. no one knew where they were so and they didn't know where they were and no one knew about it and he he was one of the people who came up with the you know the structure of the prisoner so i didn't know that so that's good but it's based on the book by uh pete fordham produced by stanley baker and michael dealey it stars uh the oh. following people oh no i've got to give a shout because i just highlighted this the cinematography on this, which I think you, you'll agree, is absolutely brilliant. And the reason why it's brilliant is because it's done by Douglas Slocum, who's well known for doing the Indiana Jones films. It, you look, you look yeah. him up, 
he's, he's passed away now. But you look at his IMDb page, you'll be amazed. Well, that's the, the thing the with this film. Been. I think the way it looks and the way it starts, it's more like an American film. Yeah. I think so much like an American film. That's what I thought. Because I find a lot of British stuff a little bit tame. Mm. And it always, and that's why I always preferred like American stuff a bit tough. But this is like sort of tough without actually ever showing anything, which is another thing because I was just talking to my wife before we went to the club. She said, I didn't think you'd like that film because it's got no violence in it, which I'm all about the violence and then films go, <laughs> I know, I usually don't like that. But there's mm. something in this film that grabs you, even though you admit this yourself, not loads happens really, does it? Well, no, because I mean, it is roughly based on the Great Train Robbery. I mean, it, it's the it's certain the first things in film it. of it, wasn't it? It was the first because it weren't. What, what year is this film? Uh, it came out on the 21st of September 67, and I think The Great Train Robber was 65. Yes, I so think. That's pretty so, quick, isn't it? Yeah, and they, obviously they don't have the same names in there, and they, they do get, and I think the money, because he said it's 10 million in this, isn't it? And I yeah. don't think that was the right amount of money in The Great Train Robbery. But of course, the, the one thing they do show is, um, you know, is the fact that they did they did hit the train driver, who's yeah, subsequently. Yeah. I think that's a good thing, the cost bit, yeah. because. That's what he used to. We say we didn't hurt anyone. He said, "Well, you did," and he, he was did. like, and it affected him all his life, didn't it? Well, he died. He died ultimately of his injuries later in life, and and so really they, yeah, you, you can. I don't know anything. Was there any need to cuss him? No, not at all. Because not they were all. scared of him. They were fucking serious criminals, weren't they? Well, they? Yeah, at the end of the day, there's a load of masked men jumping in your cab. You're not gonna, you're not gonna no. do anything, are you? Uh, but it's got a nice time of 114 minutes. It's obviously yeah. a British film. Um, so let's go through the cast. Oh. Ironically, uh, there's quite a few people we're not going to talk about, and Stanley Baker's one of them because he plays Paul Clifton. But anybody, this is the way we get you to listen to our past podcast. We've already talked about Stanley Baker in two other films, and that was Zulu and Hell Drivers. Yeah. Um, so if you want to go and uh, check that, please do. The same with James Booth, of course. He was in uh, Zulu as well. Plays a totally different character, just to show how much of a, a great actor he was. And we also covered him when we did our Off We Design Pet episode. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, Frank Finley, again, we talked about him during that Three Musketeers episode. <laughs> yeah, British uh, actors. There was a certain group of them in the 60s and 70s who saw in everything, didn't you? Yeah. Uh, Barry Foster, of course, he plays Frank, uh, one of the gang. Now, uh, he was born 21st of August 1927, passed away in 2002. Virtually everybody will know him as Van der Velk. Yeah, and also is my favourite, uh, so we've talked about this before, my favourite Hitchcock film, Frenzy. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. I, like I said, that was going to be my cos. If I ever go to a do a cosplay, his character now is going to be my cosplay, and no one knows who it is. Oh, okay, that's a good. Yeah, because uh... it, like I said, if you know Frenzy, his outfit in that's amazing. So oh, okay. Right, yeah. <laughs> you know, well, the other idea for a cosplay was to be uh, like um, John Travolta in Saturday Night Fever, but not in the white suit, in the black leather and the red jacket at the beginning with the paint pot. Isn't, it, isn't that a red shirt and black? Yeah, black that's it, yeah. yeah, yeah. a paint pot. And that's oh, that, up and see if everyone knew what it was. That that's is brilliant. brilliant. That is brilliant. Yeah, no, what about you... Saturday Night Fever? And they go, what, the white suit? No. No. Well, he's really cool. <laughs> yeah, when he looks proper. Did you get my photograph I sent you of Carl Urban dressed as Alex Delage? I did. That's amazing. <laughs> was that for a uh, cut? What was he doing that for? I think it was the wrapping of the boys, I think. 
Oh. I'm not sure. I think I think he's cool too, though, in that colour. Then in his room, he does have a, a brilliant beard. Um, carrying on, William Marlowe is Dave Aitken, a well-known British actor. He's been in quite a few things. Uh, he was born 25th of July 930, passed away, of course, 2003. Uh, he appeared in the following stuff. He appeared in Doctor Who as the Mind of Evil. He was in Revenge of Cybermen. So he's done a few Doctor Who's. He's in Special Branch, Barlow, Breakaway. Callan in 1972, Catch Hand 64, and he later played Chief Superintendent Thomas in The Chief, which stars one of your uh, favourite, well, not some of your favourite actors, but one of your actors from your favourite TV programme, Martin Shaw. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know what, though? Interesting to talk Special Branch then. <clears throat> I've never seen Special Branch. Oh, right, I'm okay. Few, I'm in a few, like, professionals groups. Yeah. Yeah, because I'm obsessed with, <laughs> obsessed with <laughs> Lewis Collins. Yeah, you know, I, look at, I think I look at a picture of Lewis Collins every now and then. <laughs> no, do you really? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I do. Like, that's my ideal man. It'd be like him, Hilary Williams, him and Captain Kirk. They're my... They're my, uh, they're my alpha males. <laughs> who, who would win in a fight? Oh, now you're getting into fight club territory, who me? Yeah. I don't know. Lewis Collins was a fucking you know, hard bastard in real life, weren't he? And anyway, yeah. let's not go over the professionals. <laughs> okay, no. But anyway, but on these groups to talk about, they would say, "Oh well, when he when he wrote uh, professionals, he wanted to be a more modern special branch." Yeah. And I've never seen special branch. I don't oh, know if okay. any listeners out there. This is more for the British. Yeah, because this is going to be a very British. Oh, I think so. Isn't it really? Yeah. So yeah. Like, I don't know if America did even know what the Great Train Robbery is. I don't know. He's probably nothing over there, is it? I don't know. I mean, I suppose Buster with Phil Collins yeah, was oh, quite gosh. an international. <laughs> yeah, because that was my text to you, weren't it, when I watched this film? This is not Buster. <laughs> this is not Buster. <laughs> Do you remember another film that Phil Collins did called Frauds? Oh. It's- it's a really dark film. He's really dark in it. It's it's pretty good. It is. I saw it. I saw it at the cinema. Did you? <laughs> I did. did well, I like, have you seen a world card around this time? He was, yeah. Of course. It is. <laughs> uh, yeah, we'll have to check special branch out. Yeah, I've just um, never. I don't know if anyone's seen it out there. I don't know what it's like. Uh, Clinton Gravin plays Jack. He's the getaway driver. Now George Sewell. He appears in lots of films. He played Ben. We've talked about George in Get Carter. Clint Edwards as squad chief. Uh, we talked about him in Zulu, and of course he was in the TV series Mind That. Now there was a couple. There's a couple of uh, people that are not um, credited in his film. You were telling me these are quite interesting. These are, yeah. So the train driver's assistant is Robert Powell. I know. It's like, I, didn't, I just didn't recognise that. The informant at the railway station is Mike Pratt, who we'll know from Mandolin Hot Curtis. Yeah, yeah, I know, yeah, yeah. And you know, in the prison. When the contact comes behind and says, don't get too comfy, you're going out. Yeah, yeah. That's Frank Williams who plays the priest in Dad's Army. Is he? <laughs> yeah. Where's he out? <laughs> now, there's, there's some quite, you know, uh, there's quite, you know, some very British TV. Oh, no, this is like acting royalty in it, British acting royalty from a certain time in it. Well, he is, but also the mad thing is, is that, of course, Dad's Army, I think, when did Dad's Army start? Would that have been on when that was at the same time? You know what? I was just looking for my Dad's Army book. Where's my dad's army book? I tell you what, let me just do a, a quick Google yeah, and uh, have a mooch because I'm sure. What did you uh, say then about Robert Powell? Robert Powell must have been really bloody young in that. He, re- he really was young, yeah. 1968, dad's army, sorry. So it was a year after that. <laughs> so, I mean, yeah, let's talk about this car chase then, Cal, because it's, I mean, it literally starts off with a blast. They do a robbery, quite a violent one, really. And then they escape. There's only four of them. And 
they're driving a Jaguar, a classic oh, bike. No. Is, it a, is it E-Type? Uh, no, I don't think it is. It's very similar to Inspector Morse's car, isn't it? It's the classic, because Jaguars were what all criminals and all police drove in, in that yeah. time. But <laughs> yeah. the, the, the car chase is actually, the, the stunt coordinator in that is absolutely brilliant, because the head, t- well, the, the school teacher who nearly gets run over by the kids, which is, you think they're going to get hit, and you do hear yeah. a scream, and you're not too sure whether one of the kids got hit or not. He's actually played by Rachel Herbert. Now, Rachel Herbert played uh, the uh, maid in the Prisoner episode uh, Free for All, in which she becomes the number two later on. Yeah, 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 yeah. the same The same year as this film. Now, oh. <clears throat> that whole chase with them go, you know, yeah, okay, they're going around, but they're, they're in London. That's and it's a it. bit like the French Connection, where you've got all this kind of stuff for driving through, and you've got them in London, and it's it's so close. Yeah, I mean, whoever did the driving on that is brilliant. I think what you can see is how much this car chase was influential to a lot of American cinema. Oh, God, yeah, Definitely, absolutely. Because it's sort of, it looks dangerous. And also, and that's I, I said, too, it looks, because they're, they're proper bombing it as well, aren't they? Oh, yeah, and there's one it's bit not, where the, It's not the, blue eyes, is it? <laughs> Will you stop picking picking on blue eyes? I'll tell you what, <clears throat> next year we're doing blue eyes. Or maybe the year after. Because oh. <laughs> I <laughs> love blue eyes. I thought you watched it. Well, it's, I've only got it on video. <laughs> it's got the slowest car chase ever. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, let's go back. But that's what's very unusual that you're thinking health and safety was not a consideration during this car chase. No, and I think now, after, after watching it and having a good think about it, I've got to say, for. Oh, right. It's quite a short chase, really, to be fair. But the stunt driving, also when they jump out of the cars, is pretty dangerous as well, isn't it? That roll uh, does. Oh, that the roll, roll. yeah. He's, uh, that's Barry Foster. But i got to say, I think it's one of the best car chases in any film I've seen. Yeah. I've got I've, to be honest. I've, yeah, well, with this way, when Tarantino was talking about this, he said that people get caught up in the obvious ones, bullying. Mm. But he was saying about Bully, he said, you actually take a step back, take Steve McQueen out of it. Is it a yeah. great car chase? Not really. It's no. more cool. Well, it's cool because it's a Mustang. Yeah, uh, that's it. It's, also, that's it's also, well, it's also not Steve McQueen driving all the time because he could, because he was such a good driver, he couldn't do the skid. No, so they had to replace him. But the thing is as well, what makes... Bullet nowhere near as good as this, of course, is the fact that it's it's the same scene reused yeah. several times because you get that Volkswagen that is constantly being seen, and also yeah. you got the really bad edit shot where, where you, you see the car, go, car, yeah, go past the explosion. It. And that's one thing about that. Once you're told the failings of that, and you watch it, it's not that great. It's don't get me wrong, it's Steve McQueen in a Mustang. It's oh yeah, no, but also in a you, neck shirt. You, it's you super know, fucking cool. But, yeah, but you name me something else that happens in Bullet. No, I don't know. <laughs> Do you know? Interestingly, they're making a, in my new empire. They're making a series about uh, the character Bullet, hmm. and the director says that he wants to actually have tell a proper story with Bullet. He said because, like you were saying, you think back to that film. I don't hmm. know what it's about. Is he called Frank Bullet in that? Yeah, Frank Bullet. <clears throat> but I think it's going to be John Hamm, I think. Oh, isn't John Hamm, didn't John Hamm play Fletch? Fletch? Oh, I just couldn't. Uh, it's too much Chevy Chase for us, isn't it? Yeah, I, I don't want to, I don't want to see. I, I don't like John, John Hamm. Hamm. He's a funny oh. bloke. Is it? Yeah, I mean, you haven't seen Good Omens. He's brilliant in Good Omens. Yeah, but he really, he's not really, Chevy Chase, is he? No, nah, no. Nah. If you had to pick 
Okay, so I've put my hands on the card there. Though. I think it's actually one of the best car chases in film yeah. history. Do you agree with that? Or is there something that you think surpasses it? I'll tell you, right. When I, when I watched this car chase then, right, I was yeah. then, I went down a rabbit hole then of car chases in film, <laughs> right? Okay. So you had the obvious French connection, not actually yeah. a car chase. People no. get it. It's a train chase. It's a train chase, yeah. It's a train chase, right? Then it was all the others, a really good bullet. But I read one about a film called The Seven Ups with Roy Schneider. Right. Now, the film The Seven Ups with Roy Schneider is an unofficial sequel to The French Connection. Because he wanted to be, yeah, it's called the Seven Ups. He wanted to, Roy Schneider was pissed off that he wasn't casting French Connection 2. I wasn't, so, he, isn't he in French Connection 2? No, he's not. He's not, because he goes to Paris. Anyway, oh. so what he did, he got together and they wrote a sort of unofficial sequel. Yeah. Right? It's called the Seven Ups. It's about a group of undercover police who they only go after criminals who are going to be in prison for seven years or more. So oh, okay. serious criminals. That has got the best car chase I've ever seen. It's for 18 minutes. Mm. It's insane. Right. Even if you can YouTube it, man, just put in car chase seven ups. It's okay. in, I, I, me and Emma were watching it. Emma's, Emma's like, what? They did that? Because it's amazingly 70s <laughs> is, it, is it realistic car chase? Or yeah. is it Blues, Blues Brothers style car no, chase? No, no, it's not. It's, it's like just him like chasing his car all through Manhattan, but it goes on for ages and on the freeway and oh, Roy okay. Snyder's looking really cool in a leather jacket. Oh, well, I I'll tell you what is good as well was the, uh, the original French taxi film. Yeah, they were good. But they're sort of hyper-real ones, aren't they, then? You're getting yeah. into, you know, flying in the air. Yeah, you know, I love Blues Brothers car chase, but it's a, it's a comedy. And yeah. what makes robbery is because of the dangers there, isn't it? Oh, it's proper danger. We're going to lose it at any moment. And also, because, that, like, you've got William, uh, William Marlowe in the front, the front passenger seat laughing as that, yeah. that but also does that bit where as they're driving along and they go watch out for that copper he smashes the the window yeah. with his truncheon and you're thinking bloody hell that was that was timed because yeah. i mean there is always i mean like there's a, a, a classic thing that um you know i bought jewel right i can't wait to i can't wait yeah, for us yeah, to yeah. do jewel but i bought the 50th anniversary of jewel and I was thinking that, that you know, what speed, you know, the, the truck's going really fast. Do you know what speed the truck was actually doing? What? 30 miles an hour. What? Yeah. But what he did, Spielberg learned from, he did say, who was it from? I don't think it was Hitchcock. It might have been Hitchcock. But anyway, he learned that if you put the camera really low to the ground, yeah. even at 30 miles an hour, it looks really fast. It's like that when you're on a bloody, when you're a kid in a skateboard or something, weren't it? Yeah, yeah. Just flying past you. So that's how he did it. So that when you when you got the truck coming really fast, it's actually only doing thirty miles an hour. It's an old truck, um, yeah. but that, because of that, you've got the appearance of speed. So anyway, we'll talk about that when we do, Jill. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But the whole idea, I mean, it's interesting because Stanley Baker in this is he's not very nice at all, oh, no. which is great to see. Well, um, this is again, I don't like. See, I like. I find a lot. That's why I don't like um, Ocean's Eleven and that because it's like right. a part. It's like a laugh. Which version? I never, I never believed that the criminals ever in that. But Stanley Bakunis, you think he's a fucking criminal? Yeah, he's yeah. a nasty piece of work, you know. You get, and you he get doesn't the, care no. about anyone, does he? No, and you he get really the heat. Oh well, no, especially like <laughs> really doesn't. 
<laughs> but you get you get the hint though as well that he's kind of um he's probably done like black diamonds and stuff like that. You get the hint that he's probably done lots of money laundering. He's done dubious stuff. I'm not saying I don't think he would have killed anybody, but no, no. it wouldn't surprise you if he if he would put a bullet in somebody's head. But there's something about it because he's a he's in real life, Stanley Baker's a good looking bloke. You know, I think he looks brilliant in Zulu and Hell Drives. But in this, he's he's dropped his hair forward and side parted and he's grown a moustache. Yeah. And even with a moustache, makes him more sinister looking. Whether that was deliberate or whether he was sporting one at the same time, I'm not too sure. But the whole introduction of him and building his gang and everything like that Brilliant. Is, is great. I mean, <clears throat> you do get the only thing that, you know, when they, obviously there's a, a, a the, the school teacher thinks she knows what the driver looks like. And they do yeah. the, the two lineups. And I, like I said to you, the first lineup has a very young John Chalice. Uh, <laughs> Boise from Only Falls yeah, Horses, yeah, isn't yeah. it? Which I didn't know until I did the trivia. So I'm going to have to go back and watch yeah, it again. Yeah, because I see John Chalice. But when she slaps him as well, that's a mad slap. That is. And the way he goes to punch her. Yeah, yeah. And that just goes to show how nasty they are. But I mean, he falls for that as well when he, he turned around and said, I, I, um, what, what, what about his school teacher then? He goes, How do you know she's a school teacher? Yeah. And it's like that. It's like that great escape moment, isn't yeah. it? Where he turns around and says, uh, "Have a good day." Oh, thank you. And, you know, yeah, it's, yeah, it's yeah, that yeah, moment. Yeah. You go, "Oh, God. but he doesn't give anything away, which is really, really good. But like I said to you, they they build up this plan of robbing the the, the Royal Mail train, and they, I like the I like the way that they go. Right, we we get this team. We'll get all the best people in it. But normally, in any kind of other film, you've got the big man, Mister Big. And he go right, you, 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 and you, you're working for me. But he doesn't work like that because no, they've no, all no, got no. their own ways. And they They're turn around and go, The partners, aren't they? Yeah. And they go, no, I want my money yeah. before we yeah. leave. I don't want to go into all the Switzerland. It's like there's that amazing bit with the weather in the football ground, isn't there? Yeah. That's I the, love yeah. that bit. Because that's it. Where's a brilliant place to meet people, have a chat about stuff where no one's going to be suspicious? A football ground? Yeah. I mean, I think, also. I don't think, though, I think the prison escape's a bit too easy. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I mean, <laughs> just a bit. Of... Hey, you, what are you doing? Let's have a fight, and it's not a very good fight, is it? No, it's a, it's a bumble in the jungle that one, isn't it? It really is. He's like the way they just kind of like lift Frank Finley over the, <laughs> just lift it over up. And he's a very weird character. He's a, he's the annoying character in this film because, and you have to have one. Yeah, but he's yeah. kind of like you're just banging on about, you know. Yeah, well, okay, because he got done for four, didn't he? I think yeah, that's yeah, the thing. Yeah. And he's he's watching his wife and his kid. And, and and obviously, like, you know, uh, Sandy Baker's character goes, well, tough. You know, you've done the crime. Don't feel sorry for yourself now. You shouldn't have done it in the first place. True, yeah. But the fact that when they're in the hideout, he goes and phones her. Yeah. That, and you think, oh, God, you know, and that's, that's how the they trace him. It's the annoying bit. It's a bit like the bit in where we did a leg of story gentleman with the little kid. We're writing the number plate down in it. Yeah, but that's that that's not their fault. No, but, know. you know, because obviously you, you don't expect, well, you, you know, you, it's, why would you plan? Why would you think there's a kid doing number plates? But the fact is with this one, he knows he's not, he can get, ta- you know, the phone's I think attached. It's the thing then, like you're in about that moral thing that was in British cinema then, weren't it, where you couldn't get away with a crime. So you have to find some way of, mm. you know, oh, look, he's a decent guy, really. But the payoff in this film, it doesn't go where it's, you think it, you like, like I said, the bit in, you know, I mean, a legal gentleman, it's mm. actually disappointing when they get caught, isn't it? But as you were telling me at the time, that wasn't in the original script and they had to do it because you couldn't yeah. get away with stuff, could you? I no. love bloody, 
you know, uh, Italian job, isn't it? Yeah, it's, you know, you, you, you the whole thing. Of, with it. Yeah, you can't justify film, crime. Reynolds. <laughs> does get away with it. He does, he does get away. I mean, the, the thing is, is that, that the, you know, it's, it's a really late, good, well laid out plan. I like the timing of it. I like the way that they've got times of the trains coming through. Yeah, the they've fact even, that he's in the airport's a bit. <laughs> no, I don't. Yeah, that I mean, bit is the weakest part of it for me, that is. Because yeah. if he's a criminal, which he says he is, isn't he? Why is he so nervous? Well, the thing is, I don't think he is a criminal because he's a scrap metal merchant. Yeah. Isn't he? Well, so he just it's just a strange thing to give your money to, isn't it? Yeah, it's it's very weird. And in real life, I think I said this to you that when he opens that bag and it's got six thousand pounds in it, bear in mind this is nineteen sixty seven, that is actually six thousand pounds in Bloody there. Hell. And he was Stanley Baker's own money. What? He's put, he putting towards the film. So he said he kept a bloody good eye on it. <laughs> even even with the robbery, when they get all the money, they get the ten million off the train, which I think is a beautifully filmed. Brilliant. Uh, I think it took two weeks to film all that. Again, that's on that documentary on the DVD. But when you see all the cash piled up, that is actual five pound notes well, on the top, and then the rest is paper. But you look at it; that's a hell of a lot of five pound notes on there, and you think, Jesus Christ, where that? But that was all producers' money. So it had to be counted and had to be brought back on again. It's such a British way of filmmaking, that is, though, isn't it? Oh, yeah. It's like yeah. unglamorous like Hollywood, where they probably have a budget. It's like, nah, just put, I've got to put my own money in it. Yeah, put your own <laughs> money in there. But, also, but I love the um, the actual location for for the hideaway, the NXRAF place. No, I'd love to go there. I wonder where that's got to be. I know. I was thinking exact same thing. That, that's a place where we would have got into and like mooched about yeah. for a long time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Wait, wait. Oh, uh, have you got it on your stats? No, I don't. But it's got to um, be around London, isn't it? Round it I think it is. Uh, I suppose then there was like shitloads of old World War Two airports still about, weren't there? Yeah, there is. Actually, if you look online, I haven't got it here because I was conscious that there was way too many trivia facts you can find all about it. i think it's probably all knocker house and you say but i'll, I'll yeah. give you some of the stuff on on the trivia bit now i, I tell you what i love as well you know when they they get the helicopter out yeah yeah, yeah. and barry foster jumps down and he's hiding and they they, they that nice hideaway but the way that helicopter drops right over the hole and floats over it and you yeah. think that's one not only can he do brilliant car chase he can do a brilliant helicopter scan as oh. well it's amazing it's so good and well, it's, it's, it's so, it adds tension it's so un-british well because yeah, it's not it a british way of making like i said he just obviously he's a director who's influenced by them early american stuff i wanted to bring some of that pizzazz because mm. this film is that's what it's got it got a bit pizzazz this film hasn't it even though yeah, it's it got it. the violence and the sex which you expect from american one it's got that sort of je ne sais quoi, doesn't it? Can't yeah, put your uh, finger on it. What's so good about it? As we pointed out on during our conversation regarding watching Kofi, sometimes you just don't need that kind of stuff where you just you don't just don't oh. need to have a casual pair of breasts pop up for no apparent reason. It's still the most I think that's the most disappointing I've ever been with a film, you know, that's been hyped up. <laughs> Listening to Tarantino, Edgar Wright going about it. And we were oh. like we were like, what? Well, it's just like really, really sexist. <laughs> It's really sexist, and he's anyway. Let's not talk about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're, we're not doing about a podcast. <laughs> no, no way. <laughs> I couldn't. I don't want to see it again. Cracking soundtrack though. 
Yeah, that's the best thing. I'll I tell you what, the soundtrack, I mean, <laughs> you guys, yeah, I mean <laughs> uh, the soundtrack to this film is brilliant as well. I mean, it's 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 got some great jazz orchestration. I was going to say, it's got to be jazzy because that's the British at the time, weren't it? Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, any kind of any kind of like uh, you know police and gangster stuff, it's always going to be you know a bit of jazz going on, a bit like Blue Ice. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know this would be a I take this a brilliant double bill. Safe in America. Listen mm. to this podcast, and you're thinking, I've never heard of that film. You want to go back to back this and get Carter together. Ooh. That is a fucking brilliant back to back. You know what? I think there's a new version of Get Carter has been released as well. By Network, I, I think. It's oh, I think it's in My New Empire. Yeah, it's got the black cover on the front of it. Yeah, yeah. Because obviously oh, I haven't got that. I haven't got it. Right. I don't you know. Have. Oh no, I you have. haven't. I haven't. I've like I said, I've, I've I've always wanted a really, really good. Is there any where Kane does a commentary on it? Ooh, you know what? I don't know. I'd love to hear, love to hear that. It's gonna have fashion. Don't you think that's gonna have fashion? Other directors commentary it's sort of gone away a bit, hasn't it? Well, you know, I got I got my, the young ones Blu-ray turned up yesterday. Yeah, right? that's and uh, and on that it's got cast commentary on. I don't know if that's new because obviously Rick's no longer with us. But I'm I'm going to watch all those we've because obviously I've seen Young Ones so many times. I'm going to watch it just with the cast commentary on. But I, I don't but know. I like to have a look. into it. Do you think she'd watch it? I think she probably would really because she does like. But she find it funny. Oh yeah, we remember that age, didn't we? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, what, what's not to like about talking about? I'm just yeah. trying to think now if there is commentary on that get car. I mean, the one I've got is a really good one. That summer, do you remember? Because I gave you the soundtrack of Get Car. Yeah. Remember yeah. when I won it? I won yeah. a T-shirt. Yeah. I won the Get Car soundtrack and a, and a, and the eight beers. That's right. Okay. <laughs> that's the only thing I've ever won. <laughs> that's yeah. And that's Get Car for you. I, I, I mean, it looks like a good release, but I, like I said before, that I think I, if I can, I'll put it on our Facebook page. But I'll put the link to um, to buy the the Blu-ray of this because I think it's only six ninety nine, and it is so worth it. Because I said to you that the the transfer because I saw the the, uh, the talking pictures one. Uh, he's he's very similar to the trailer that was on, and I think I showed it to you at work, didn't I? Yeah, and yeah. You went, yeah. that's it. And the, the, oh god! But yeah. when you watch this, you'll be like, ooh. Yeah. That's I good. love talking pictures, but they haven't got money to do transfers and whatever. They can't. They have to play whatever they've got. But you know, talking pictures is an amazing bloody channel. It's amazing yeah. to do it for free as well. Oh, exactly. I mean, that's the thing as well. You, you watch it and then you get inspired by going, that yeah. was brilliant. I mean, I've got I've got so much. They had the Septone Sun film on the other day, but I've got loads of stuff on there that yeah, I've taped. This is another thing. These should be on the bloody BBC. Yeah, that's what BBC This is what it before. gives to Edgar Wright was on about this on that horror podcast where he's saying that when he was a kid, there was always old films on. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah there was. You watch them. Anything you like it, being like, when do you ever see old films on anymore? It's not the well, BBC does not like anything old anymore, do they? No, and I think it's probably because of the fact that they're too worried that it doesn't tick their boxes of, yeah. of, of broadcasting. But it's like, you know, the, the new series of Space has been done and is, has been released. Space 3, not Space, Staged uh, yeah. 3. But it's on BritBox. <laughs> it's not on BBC 2. And yeah. they're going, what? Yeah. Hold on a minute. That I had... say that. We've already paid for this. It's called our licence fee. Yeah. Yeah, they're I, I, you buy money and then you have to pay for it again. Yeah, no, disgusting. No. I'm really annoyed with that because he did. He did. I've always said, why can't the BBC? I know this is mean you haven't got the BBC or the war, but yeah, you know, it means a lot to us. But why couldn't they do a film channel? Because they must have so many films in them vaults. Well, including their own films. Of them. 
including their own films that they've done. Yeah, from like doing it from the 30s, 40s, 50s. Mm. They'll probably be out of license now, so you probably wouldn't cost you anything. That's what because that's how talking pictures get round it. They're all out yeah. of license, these films, and that and that's it. So the BBC is like, oh, do an iPlayer channel, you know, classic British classic films. It's like Yeah, yeah, just do it online kind of thing. Yeah, every, just everybody watch them, download and watch them. Well, everyone streams stuff these days anyway. So, I mean, the majority of stuff that I watch is like, you know, it's on catch-up. Um, no, I think you're right. I think it's it's ridiculous. And we've staged as well. that It got really good viewing figures when it was on, both Series 1 and 2. And they suddenly go, oh, no, we're going to put it on BritBox. And it's like, well, I'm not paying for BritBox. I refuse to pay for BritBox. No way. No way. And it's like, well, I'll just buy the DVD when it comes out because they're about to release it on DVD. And it's but I'd want, I want to watch it now. Yeah, and yeah. it's just like it's and so annoying. Brick pop, brick box. It's what my wife always said. When it comes down to it, you're paying for repeats. <laughs> well, yeah, exactly. They're not new. No. <laughs> You've already saw them. <laughs> I'd, like to, I'd like to know how it's doing because I can understand if you're abroad, right yeah, in America, yeah. that it makes sense, wouldn't it? Oh, I can watch all this British stuff that I've never seen, mm. but not when we when we paid for it already. Just no. Do. I'd love to know the viewing figures of it. I bet it's not many, or I bet it's I, not. I, I don't think it's. I'll have a look it's at that. Never hear anything about it, do you? No, because if you, the trouble is as well that if you're really into that kind of stuff, you'll own it anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's the it's thing. Like I've got an extra six quid. What can I do? So brick box or Paramount? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm, or Disney. <laughs> yeah, or Disney. Mm, yeah. <laughs> oh, we haven't talked about the end of the film. Now, the end of the film, they all get caught except for, yeah. of course, Stanley Baker's character. Now. Obviously, he must have had some money. He must have took a chunk of money with him to get out. Um, how did he escape? <laughs> well, he's, uh, this is it. He's just on that boat. And I love that end bit. And he stays how oh. old it is as well. So we have to get a liner over uh, to him. Yeah, get a, boat, get a boat over to New York. But that's a beautiful shot, though, of him getting over into New York. And it's isn't in it? New York, isn't it? And it is in New York, that's yeah. That's amazing, really. Just went over there to shoot one bit. Well, so I reckon he was probably doing something else at the same time. Yeah, you, know he's got you don't just do that. Because well, in the real in the real story, it was him and Buster Edwards who got away, didn't they? Yeah, Bruce Reynolds, Buster Edwards. Yeah, Ed, uh, Reynolds got so Reynolds got away first, uh, and then he went to was it Acapulco? Was it? Yeah, and something like that. And then Edwards went back, but Edwards found it hard to stay yeah. away from. Went back from to prison, London. didn't he? he yeah, back. he came back and went back to prison. Of course, well, he did I think as well. Reynolds did, didn't he? I think he stayed on the run because yeah, I'm sure. Died. Remember him getting a uh, what was that bloke called? Do you remember he was, we were watching it where he was like that news bloke and he was getting beat up by people? Was he thinking Cook? Oh um, yes, uh, Nigel Cook. Nigel Cook. <laughs> yeah, the cook is the cook report. Was get chinned by some villain? Were they? Yeah, the but I think report. Reynolds chinned him. <laughs> oh really? <laughs> yeah, I think when he was in Spain. <laughs> you don't get, get programmes like that anymore, do you? You go out about someone and just chin him. <laughs> you you say now about the cook report, right? Uh, do you remember the guy, the younger guy who followed up with that, Donald McIntyre? Yeah. Him. What happened to him? Do you know what? He's at Emmett University. He does lecturing. Really? Yeah. He still does TV programmes, but mainly he's a lecturer in crime. Oh, I'd like to meet him. It's quite good, though, isn't it? I like someone there. Instead of going into the entertainment thing, but went in more into academia because he really, really interested in Because his programmes, it was that one when he was undercover with the Chelsea Headhunters was the one, weren't it? Oh, my God. Yeah, well, that's that why he, could, he couldn't do any more, could he? Because he was no, going to no. get... And he even had a fucking Chelsea tattoo, didn't he? Yeah, that's stupid to do, really, wasn't it? You could have just had one at a fake. Yeah. So, do you want some trivia? Go on, then. 
Okay, so the movie, oh, here we go. This might help you, right? Uh, the movie was shot entirely on location in early 1967 and contains much period footage of central London, including shots of Marble Arch, Trafalgar Square, Little Venice, and Kensal Green. Shots of the gang meeting up prior to the robbery were filmed at uh, Leighton Orient Football Club during the oh, match with Swindon Town. Now, it's an interesting one. Right? The, the game they're playing was against Swindon Town. You hear the cheer go up, don't you? Yeah. Well, that kind of happened because it was actually nil-nil in that game. All right. (laughs) Um, The gang's airfield hideout was filmed at RAS Gravely. So I'll have to check that out. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Filming was even done at New York Harbour and Arbour Hill Prison in Dublin. The robbery itself itself was shot at the east of Feddingworth. So So, sorry, this wasn't a low-budget film then, was it? It definitely weren't, was it? No, and that's probably, I mean, like I said to you that, unfortunately. Yeah, Stanley Baker Baker was a producer on this film and was not a very nice bloke during it because of the pressure of being a producer mainly. He had no time for hanging out with the actors and and you can imagine the actors had a good time during this film. Uh, (laughs) And he is on that that, um, documentary where they do, the guy's quite honest telling us he wasn't very nice simple as that and i think yeah it's the pressure of it really which is a shame really because obviously you want you want everything to be like a nice kind of set don't you but you know as well but it was supposed to be quite an intimidating bloke Stanley bacon when he wanted to be yeah especially with that moustache he's a big Um, guy you know he's a big guy he's a big big old welshman uh the train robbery scenes were filmed at feddingworth on the rugby market harbour peterborough line the route had been closed in June 1966 and the top of the rails were already rusty. So the film crew had to clean and polish them using what? mops and brushes at the start of filming to make it look as if the rails were still in use. That's crazy, that little bit of... Yeah, even though you don't see it. But they, this is a, there's, there's something on here which isn't on my, uh, my writing, but there's a massive error in this film. What's that in? The train's got the uh, cab lights on. Oh yeah, they don't have the, they don't have cab lights on when they're driving no. the train because it's a bit like you don't drive a car with the lights on. Is that just for lighting effect? With just an it's, effect, it's so you can see the train coming. That's that's all that is. Yeah. Uh, you'll like this bit. Like many British tough guy actors of the 1950s to the 1970s, robbery star Stanley Baker liked to hang out with real gangsters. He did, yeah. <laughs> uh, see James Morton in Gangland, 1991. It is not meant to suggest that Baker was a criminal himself, but the fact is that actors and rascals in the 50s and 60s used to socialise at the same hours of night because in Britain in those days, the pubs all closed at 10pm and people who had to work late had to go to late night clubs to chill yeah. out after hours well I, I watched an interview on youtube with michael kane and michael kane hung around with loads of them villains didn't they yes yeah we did loads of them yeah. didn't they yeah loads of them uh the location used for the house of paul oh we'll have to talk about how badly paul treats his wife in a minute because we've, oh, yeah. we've forgotten to mention that yeah um, yeah yeah another thing where like the swinging 60s didn't really happen around at this time in britain no yeah, i mean liberation was not a thing no, Women were I mean, seen and not heard. <laughs> no. she, she's treated pretty badly in this. I mean, she stands up for herself, and she does stand up for herself, but the fact that he just sends her a... Was he a dog? Is it a dog? Yeah. Is it something, isn't it? Yeah, he is, isn't it? Oh, we found your dog. And yeah. the dog's got a little note on it. It says, goodbye. And he's <laughs> like, he's fucked up. <laughs> he's, got, he's got all that money, and he's just fucked yeah, up. But that's what I like about this, that he's a fucking villain. He's yeah. not a nice guy. He's, he's not your local friendly villain. Let's all have a laugh together. He's a bastard. Yeah, I think we all know that that, that never happened. There was no friendly villains. Oi, oi, he only no. kills his own sort. 
No, I don't know. Uh, but interesting fact, though, the location used for the house of Paul, Stanley Baker's character, uh, in the scene at the end of the film where the policeman knocks on the door and Kate answers was Stanley Baker's own house. And this was at uh-huh. 7 Queensmere Road, Wimbledon Park. Baker later sold the house and the grounds to be redeveloped as the present day Thursley Gardens. All right. We do have some of our wafflers have left some Facebook uh, things. So Terry Haslam said, one of my most favourite films ever. That's that's nice to know. Fair play. You know, like I said, me and you know our films and we never knew about it until about six months no, ago. So. No, no. Uh, Ian Higgins says, superb cast in this. I haven't seen it in years. Well, Ian Boy on the thing. And uh, Mark Brock, Brockbank says, full of familiar faces. We have Jesus of Nazareth, Van der Valk, yeah. Dave from Minder, the Vicar of Warmington-on-Sea, Jeff Randall, Porthos, Jasper Carrots, boss from The Detectives, <laughs> Private Hook, the semi-friendly policeman from The Saint, Fred Elliott from Coronation Street. Fred Elliott's in it. Awesome. Well, he, he's the one who hands the dog over. <laughs> yeah. right. uh, Matter Bond, Odd Bod Jr., uh, Voluptia, oh. Junior Bravo's <laughs> boss, etc. I mean, he's he's... Mark has pulled them out the bag there, hasn't Unbought he? Unbought really? is an amazing man. <laughs> and uh, I, I like that. Tom Evans uh, says, don't think I've seen this before. Looking forward to it. So uh, hopefully, uh, hopefully, Tom, you'll uh, you'll go and buy it and uh, support Waffle On in purchasing stuff on the links because that's the only way we get any money. We're very close to getting an Amazon Associate uh, check, Kel. How much? Well, they, they cash it out at 25 quid. And when was the last time we had £25 Amazon gift from oh, Amazon Associates? It was about seven years ago. <laughs> but we'll do it anyway. Anyway, that's our uh, podcast on robbery. Uh, I think uh, we covered it pretty well. We've waffled on about it. That's all we do. <laughs> yeah, they, like I say, if people know about this film, like we can get people interested in these films. So it's not a film for, oh, I'd love to see this on the cinema. And you know, oh, oh. Yeah. That car's well, wait- a big fucking screen. I'm saying to you, I'll bring it you in tomorrow. Yeah, definitely. I'll, 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 I'll bring it you in tomorrow, because yeah. honestly, but I want it back as well. I don't yeah. want you using it as a coaster like you normally do. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> and so we're doing Vic and Bob on our next yeah. one. So it's so any- truly all our, Brit- our British people, because most people are about our age in here. We understand that. Yeah, exactly. Well, yeah. Like, you all would have been to Vic and Bob, because we all were in the 90s. So oh, absolutely. Tell us some memories about loving Vic and Bob. Yep, throw it onto Facebook or, of course, send us uh, an email to the information yeah. that Jen's going to give you. Even share your favourite sketches. That would be good, wouldn't it? People put the favourite sketches from YouTube on there. No, obviously, that- I can't I, I can't go mad with the clips, right? Because oh, it, it just be you like... You just end up being clips for two hours, with But I am thinking... Uh, justice, just, uh, justice Nutmeg, Judge Nutmeg. Yeah. What's on the end of the stick, Vic? Yeah, go to that. Uh... Spin the world of justice. Yeah, yeah. See, uh, the bastards. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, terrible man. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I've got to start watching it again because I watched it for ages. I've been sending you loads lately, haven't I? So oh, yeah. I've... How bloody funny it is. And I've got all of them. I've got, I I've got uh, Reeves and Mortimer, Bang Bang. I've got all of them. Oh, you've got to watch them again, get in the mood for that. I know. I know. I'm going to, yeah, I'll get on it. Okay, that's it now. We'll just be talking about all that. So, anyway, (laughs) thanks a lot, everyone, and we'll see you next month. Bye. Hey, I don't know why I do that because I'm going to stop recording. You've been listening to Waffle On. If you'd like to get in touch or join the mailing list, you can by emailing the guys at waffleonpodcast at gmail.com. 
You can also have some waffly fun by joining their Facebook page. Simply type in Waffle On Podcast in the search bar, and away you go. This has been a Waffle On production. Copyright Simon Meddings and Mark C. Kelly. Can I take it right back to the beginnings? Right? Sure. <laughs> to the first film you ever made. Far back as you like. When you made Undercover, when you were, what, 13 and a half? Yeah. Right? Did you know what you were getting into? Uh, no, no idea. I didn't know what acting meant. I had no ambitions to be an actor. Did you get the bug when you started doing the film? No, not then. Not immediately. The bug, yes, because at that... I mean, it was something new, it was something exciting. It was in like 1942, I think it was. I came to London from, uh, the war was on. London was being blitzed. There was very heavy bombing going on. I came from a very safe South Wales area where we'd haven't hardly ever heard of the war. You know. And uh, suddenly I was being bombed on. I was living in a hotel in Ealing. And it was great. It was, Exciting, it was a change. When that film finished, I went back to South Wales. I became for... I left school at that time, at the age of 13 and a half, so I didn't go back to school. I became an electrician for about six months. And an apprentice electrician. And then, um, suddenly, Emily Williams wrote a play called The Druid's Rest, and he needed two young Welsh schoolboys for it. My whole history in... in in show business has been one of luck and chance. And I wrote in to the South Wales Echo, whatever the newspaper was, applied for an audition, did the audition, uh, and along with Richard Burton got the part in the play. We came to the West End, played it in the West End for about six months, went on tour with it, and directly after that I went to Birmingham Rep. And, but at that time, I wanted to be an actor. 